Welcome to Catholic Family Matters with your hosts, Paul Kaczynski and Betsy Lashley. A podcast where we share a little bit about our lives of faith in an effort to encourage families to live courageously Catholic lives, to love Jesus more, and to learn to see the divine in the everyday events of our family life. So come along with us to find encouragement, hope, and maybe a little laughter along the way. Because family matters. We got a different way of doing things today. I'm kind of excited. But before we get into that, let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. Okay. Uh, Today on Catholic Family Matters, we're going to discuss the next of the seven deadly sins, the sin of envy, and the corresponding virtue, which is admiration. Join us today as we dive into the problem of sin in our personal lives and in our families. How can we strive each day to grow in virtue? How about you spare me the chit chat? I'm going to take uh, your chit chat in the chitty chitty chat chat in... chat 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 in the chit chat. So what's going on with you, Betsy? Uh, this week uh, I am coming off the heels of a trip to Michigan. Oh. So we went to Michigan to visit my dad, had a great visit with family, and did a lot of organization of the family things. And on Monday, we drove home. It took us, a nine-hour drive took us 12 hours. Wow. And there was plenty of snow and ice on our windshield. So if you haven't had the joy of driving with a frozen windshield in a while, hmm, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. So it was fun, but it was after five hours, we finally got back down to where the temperature was uh, more realistic and enjoyable and the windshield remained thawed the whole time. So that was good. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What's been going on in your life? (laughs) So uh, as you mentioned, we are, um, we're recording via internet this time instead of face to face. Well, Casa Kaczynski got hit with the Rona. Um, the Friday before we recorded our last show, my son Jonathan um, was catching, looked like he had a cold. So we, we kept him home for a few days. And the nurse at the school was like, uh, don't forget, these these few symptoms are also symptoms of, of COVID. So you may want to just hang out for five days before you come back to school. And so... He, we did the five-day thing, and I sent him back to school, and they, they called up and said, no, 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 he needs to stay home longer. And so I I, I went and got him and uh, took him to go get tested, and he tested positive for COVID and for the flu. Oh, no way. So, yeah, so he had the flu rona. Is he okay? He's back? Uh, he's he's not made it back to school yet, but uh, oh, wow. But lucky for him, they um, the school district switched to virtual for a few days. Um, okay. so he gets a couple extra days at home. So flu Rona, I flu love that, Rona. but it sounds like a beverage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it does. It does sound kind of weird. So, yeah. um, of the seven people in our household, four of us got tested and of those four, two were two tested positive. So I was the other unfortunate one. So just you and Jonathan, then, just huh? me and Jonathan. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you for sparing me being in the same room with you. so we're doing this video um podcasting which is super cool because now that means we can do remote interviews if we wanted to yes yay this is our trial we're kind of excited about that so all all of our friends that listen that are 
not in the Huntsville, Madison area, watch out for an invite because we just might want to talk to you. <laughs> nice. You know who you are. We're talking about you. <laughs> All right, well, let's begin with an opening prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Everlasting Father, I desire to be as holy as you are. Set me free of the thoughts that consume my mind, which cause jealousy to arise. Substitute the negativity and cruelty within my heart with your peace and love and gentle kindness. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Have you found Jesus yet? No. I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for him, so. So before we get into the grievous sin of envy, I gotta tell you, we... You know, we decided to do this series on the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if it has this effect on you, but I think about these sins a lot during the week. Like I, uh, after our conversation about pride and humility, I really thought about it a lot. Like I kind of looked for areas in my life where that was going on, and I would make funny comments to <laughs> someone, or even right. to you after we got done with the podcast. Like, oh, that's not very humble, or wow, that's your pride talking, or right. Um, and so this week it was kind of envy. I was talking about it, and even today in my conversation with my students, I always have Friday morning conversations. We brought up the seven deadly sins and in the corresponding virtues and how you work on those in your lives. Right. So it's just really caused me to think more about these things, which I think has really had a lot of value. Have you found that? I I have. Yeah. Um, And and it's interesting too, because so I did, you know, we talked about um, Exodus 90 about, you know, I I was, I talked about wanting to start it um, in a previous episode and um, I kind of did start it. Um, I I can't really call it Exodus 90 because I don't have a fraternity. So, um, and there's, there's some of the disciplines that I'm, I'm not doing, but um, I'm doing most of them. And, but, What's interesting is talking about um, the seven deadly sins is that a lot of the reflections go into that, especially pride. Um, yeah, so it's so it's kind of it, it's definitely been in the forefront, um, um, especially when I'm I'm praying during the day as well. Yeah, um, I I think that's really good. I, I love that you're doing a lot of the Exodus 90 disciplines. Uh, would you be willing to share which ones you're doing? Oh yeah. Just sure. in a brief let way. Me, like, let me bring it up real quick. So there's a reading and a reflection and it starts um, in the book of Exodus with the, um, the captivity in Egypt. Um, and then there's always a um, gospel reflection that go that you have for the day. So I, I always include those in my um, holy hour uh, when I pray my holy hour, which um, that, those I've really enjoyed. And um, one of the things I've always wanted to include in my prayer life is um, contemplation. And so the holy hours allowed me to add that as well. So you're doing readings each day from the old Testament and the gospel, but you're praying for an hour every day. That's Correct. one of your disciplines. Correct. Impressive. Okay. Um, 
cold showers. Yeah. I am doing the cold showers. Although I will say, I will say when I was like knocked out the couple days, the worst couple days that I had coronavirus, um, I, I took warm showers because I was like, I'm, I'm, I feel like crap and I need a warm shower. So, yeah. So, um, so you didn't do that for a couple of days, but then when you felt better, you got right yeah, back so into your discipline. Okay. Yeah. I like that. That's good. Um, what else? Um, are you eating like bugs, locusts? No, no, no. Oh, darn it. That would so, be a good one. So I am, I am abstaining between meals. Um, I don't snack. Um, no soda, no sweets. There was one day, um, somebody brought donuts into work on the one day of the week that I go into work and I grabbed a donut. So I, I was, uh, um, I was bad that day. I, I don't usually drink sodas, so that wasn't really a big problem for me. Um, abstaining from alcohol. Um, I, you know, I've never had an issue with that. Although I do like my beer from time to time. You're abstaining from alcohol for 90 days for 90 days. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, abstaining from uh, unnecessary mobile device use. Um, that's hard because I do find myself constantly reaching for my phone. Yeah. Um, I've gotten in that habit, but I've, I've stayed off social media, uh, no Twitter, no Instagram. That's why there haven't been any posts from our Catholic Family Matters on Instagram. Well, you wouldn't know now, would you? What if I posted? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. <laughs> you're, no. you're right. Yeah. Um, I got your back, man. I'll take care of you. All right. Um, unnecessary computer use. Um, I I don't like you know like I I usually have my social media up when I'm sitting at my home office working on uh, doing my telework, um, and I don't I don't do that. Uh, abstaining from video games. I've never played video games really. So that, that isn't very difficult. Uh, abstaining from TV and televised sports. That is hard. That is super hard because the Islanders play are playing like every other night. And, oh, wow. um, again, there was one night where I was feeling like crap. And so I indulged in a hockey game, but, um, yeah. I've been, otherwise I've been staying away. Um, full night's rest has not been difficult for me. Um, so, I, but I, you know, that's part of every night, um, a nightly exam. And, and I will say, so this is where we discuss. So let me, let me do a mea culpa on that one. Um, <laughs> it is a, it is an Ignatian, uh, um, what do you call it? Exercise. Exercise. Thank you. Um, when the, um, when the sisters that do the memento mori do the nightly examine, they they it, they call it an Ignatian exercise as well. But they include the Benedictine rule of always keeping death before you, and they oh, are, they, okay. they do that as part of their nightly examine as well. Yeah. Okay. Now I will say there's been a there's been about two or three nights where I've actually gone to bed and woken up the next morning and realized I forgot to do that. So um, that one has been a little difficult to include every day. Um, and then the last couple, um, are fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays and abstaining from meat on Wednesdays and Fridays. So fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays, meaning you don't eat anything or, well, it's the, it's the, the Benedictine fast is what they recommend. You know, the two small, two small snacks and then a regular meal. Oh, okay. So like today, all I've had is cheese and crackers. Yeah. Wow. That is a, that's a, Pretty considerable list of disciplines. Very impressive. So you'll have to keep us updated as you go along. Um, 
Mr. Coomer, Fred Coomer that we had, that we interviewed, he shared with me that he is also giving up alcohol for the month of January. Oh, okay. Um, just because the when we had the uh, mission at St. John's and the speaker was talking and he said, you know, fasting has a lot of value to a Catholic or to, to a Christian even. Right. And he said, I just don't think I've ever done it. And he said, so I'm just, you know, doing it for the month of January. And I thought, wow, that's really great. Very impressive. So um, what a great way to discipline yourself. I really like that. Yeah. So, well, thank you for sharing that. And just to go, to go back, I mean, we, we talk about the seven deadly sins and I'm not sure if everybody knows them all by name. So we have already spoken about pride. Uh, We are speaking about envy. There is anger, sloth, greed, gluttony, and lust. Those are the seven deadly sins. Did I get them all? Yep. Okay. So today our topic is envy. envy. And uh, do you have a definition for that, Paul? Yeah. So so again, uh, we go to the old, faith, old reliable uh, catechism of the Catholic Church, um, number 2553, where it says, sadness or desire for the possessions, happiness, talents, or abilities of another. Envy can lead to the worst crimes. Through the devil's envy, death entered the world. So what does that mean? Through the devil's envy, death entered the world. I think that goes back to the Garden of Eden where, um, you know, the, the devil was really, he wanted to be God. And so that's why, um, that's why he's a, a fallen angel. Well, and, and he wanted to convince the humans that they can also be God, Adam and Eve, that they can also be God. Yeah. And so it was his envy that caused Adam and Eve to want to, to partake of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. That, so the envy that uh, Adam and Eve had, they thought maybe they could be like God is the reason why we have, why we have death <laughs> that we're not in the garden anymore. Yeah. Right. That's a right. pretty big, pretty big deal. And, and why we needed our, our Jesus to redeem us from that death. Yes. So, yeah. So this definition from just from Google is, uh, envy is a feeling of discontented or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. Um, have you ever felt envy, Paul? Uh, I think I have. Um, oh, seriously. I'm sure, I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Let me rephrase sure that. I think about it every single day. Yeah. Um, but And I know you listened to Bishop Barron, and we, right. we were talking about this before we started. Um, how does Bishop Barron define envy as it relates to like being jealous of someone? Like I, I've been jealous of the way people's hair looks or maybe the, the house that they live in and thought, wow, that is, I wish I had a house like that, or I wish right. I had hair like that. But how right. does Bishop Barron describe it? So, so there's a couple things. And before I get to the, what he says in that video, um, you know, in that, in that booklet that you have from the word on fire, the seven deadly sins and the seven lightly virtues. I like, I, I kind of like the way they have it written in here too. Um, it says envy is pleasure in the sorrow of another and resentment over their happiness or success. Um, yeah. I, that when I learned that that was the definition of envy, I thought, Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Right. 
Um, Cause I think I tend to just think, okay, well, I, I like that house, but do I actually have resentment because someone else has a nice house? Right. And sadly, I think the answer is yes. Yeah. And that's yeah. why envy is a deadly sin, but. Right. right. So in the, in the video, he also, um, he mentions a quote from Gore Vidal, which I thought kind of defines it uh, quite nicely as well. It says, whenever a friend succeeds, a little something in me dies. <laughs> yeah. Can you relate to that? A oh my bit? gosh. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a, a German uh, term, uh, Schottenfreude, that where you, where you revel in somebody else's demise. And I, I've been accused of that before, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, and I'm sure you're not alone. I, yeah. I, I definitely have fallen to this sin. And I think maybe the, the real part of it is, I, I don't think we always identify it as something that is really not good. Right. And, and, and so uh, help me answer that. Why is envy so deadly? Like, do you see the root of it and why it can be deadly to you? Well, I think it's like the other, um, the other deadly sins. Um, they're called that because they can, um, they lead to various acts of evil, which we commit like theft, betrayal, um, sometimes even murder. Um, so I always think of um, King David in the Bible. Um, when Dude, he was, you know what the first reading was today, don't you? Um, yes, that's the one. Yes. It's so yeah. funny that you mentioned that yeah. because we talked about that with the students this morning. I'm yep. like, you guys, this reading from 2 Samuel Yep. is really quite good. And I said, if you don't know it, it's worth looking at it and reading it. Because David thought he was all that in a bag of chips. Yep. And that he didn't need to be doing what God wanted him to do. And when he turned away from God, whew, the first thing he saw was Bathsheba. And that was bad news for him. Yep. yep. Yeah, so for those that... Um, let me make sure I got... Yep. For those that um, are wondering what we're talking about. Um, the first reading today uh, for mass was from second Samuel chapter 11 uh, verses, various verses one through 17, but th it's essentially the, um, the story where he, um, he notices Bathsheba across the way, has relations with her and then kills her husband. And um, that but is, it's even, it's even worse than that. So, because in the beginning of the story, the very first line of that reading is at a time when David should have been out fighting a war. Oh, right, right. He was roaming around at the top of his palace and he looked down and he saw Bathsheba. Well, and I, I love the wording that it uses. Um, where is it? Um, David, however, remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David rose from his siesta. Yeah. <laughs> they call it a siesta. Yeah. <laughs> But then he doesn't just kill Bathsheba's wife, but he tries, he brings the guy in and, right. and he's like, uh, you, you need to go see your wife. Yeah. And the Uriah does not go. He stays right. at the palace. Right. And the next time he says, all right, listen, go, go home. David says to Uriah, go home because he wants Uriah to lay with his own wife right. so that he can't be accused of, of David having her baby. Right. right. And, so, and yeah. Uriah doesn't do it. So David has to resort to sending him to war and, 
and intentionally having him put in the line of fire. Yeah. And Uriah dies. And the story goes on, and I think it gets even better because Nathan the prophet comes to David, his friend, and says, Dude, that was despicable. Yep. What you did. And David actually does repent. David feels very right. bad so, and realizes the error of his ways, but la, it's too late. All that Psalm 51. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in God's mercy is never too late, but um, right. David really did screw up badly there. And the association that they make in the very first line of the gospel is that if he had been doing what God intended him to do, that might not have happened. Right. And so my students and I talked about that a lot this morning. If you, if you follow God's plan, he's going to take care of you. Right. Um, and sometimes we vary from the plan. Right. Yeah. So that's funny that you bring up that. Right. And so, yeah, so that to, to me, that's one of the, I mean, there's several, there's several deadly sins in that story, but I always think of envy about how he, he lusted after Bathsheba um, you know, he, he essentially coveted somebody else's wife enough to, enough to put that person to death. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's a very good example of envy. Nice. Well done. So where does this sin of envy play into marriage and family life? Thoughts on that? I, you know, I was thinking about that too. And, and, um, you know, it's, it's easy to think about that when we look at dealing with our, our children, because how many times have you, has your kids been sitting there? Hey, he got a bigger piece of cake than I did. Or, you know, they're always, always like seeing that the other child got something that they didn't. And you know, you know, it's, it always ends up in a fight and you've got to sit them down and you got to say, look, I don't, you know, I didn't mean, you know, that, that wasn't intentional and you know, just it, but it's well, always, know, in addition to that, though, it's kind of like you, we have to teach our kids, too, that life is not fair. Right. And and because you, you become envious when you think that everything has to be fair and equitable. Right. And boy, that just doesn't. I mean, and we've talked about that a lot. It doesn't happen in marriage. Marriage is right. not always equitable. Right. Sometimes you're giving 100 percent and sometimes you're giving 50 percent and sometimes you give zero. Right. And. With kids too, they often have a sense of fairness that that they're almost born with. That when you live in a big family, that can be squashed, right? Um, and it can be hard for kids to kind of accept that it's not always fair. Yeah, yeah. But how about in a marriage? Because I can't, yeah. I can't imagine a very healthy marriage if one spouse constantly is frustrated with the joys and successes of the other spouse. Like that you would want to, you would want to be happy and excited for the good things that happen to your spouse and yeah. not envious of their accomplishments. Yeah. I guess I, I had a, I had a harder time thinking about that one. Um, well, can you see, so let me give you an example. Like, a husband and a wife both have careers, right? But one spouse gets paid a higher amount than the other, right? And it and there is dissension between the spouses about that, right? Um, I think that's envy, right? 
Um, instead of being excited or glad for the success of a spouse, you're envious of the fact that they get paid more. Right. I, I think that's very dangerous. And I think yeah. you have to find a way to, to come to terms with that in a marriage right. so that it's more equitable. Yeah. Um, personally, I don't know that. I mean, because when, when I was in, I was finishing up my school after Jarsha had graduated already. So she was, um, she was the professional of the household before I was. Um, but it was never, I mean, I never really thought of it in like a jealousy kind of way because I was always working on my degree while she was, while she was out in the workforce. So, but yeah, I can see where that can, can be, especially, especially if you have two spouses that are in the same field, um, it could get kind of competitive. I could see that. So, you know, I was also thinking too, that, that, um, one of the reasons that these sins are so deadly is because you, and we talked about this, like other sin is spawned off of this sin of envy. Right. And one of the things, some of the things that can happen when you're envious of someone is it can lead to theft or betrayal or even murder. Right. Those are some of the really serious consequences of being envious of someone. And betrayal is one thing in a marriage that can be very damaging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when one spouse is betrayed by another. And I think one of the things that we have to think about is one of the very focal points that come if you if you struggle with envy is remembering that everything that you have, all of your accomplishments come from God. Every gift that you've been given are, are, is rooted in God. And, and I think when you forget that, you, envy can really have a powerful force in your life if you're not careful. Right. And so I think that leads us to the, um, corresponding, virtue. the corresponding virtue of envy is admiration. Um, yeah, absolutely. If you, uh, when, when you forget that, um, that everything you have, your, your talents, your drive, um, your knowledge, your intellect, all that. If you forget that you have that and go, you know, your, your spice, your spiritual, physical, intellectual, creative, and emotional self. Um, when you forget all of that comes from God, then yeah, envy can definitely play a role. Yeah. You know, a couple good, um, examples in the Bible too, of envy, which I, this is, these are all from my notes about listening to Bishop Barron. He's so good on this topic, but our Cain and Abel, um, Cain was so jealous of Abel. Right. Um, and another one is Jacob and Esau. Right. Um, you know, Jacob wanted Esau's birthright and he did anything to get it. Yep. Um, and Barron also says that envy is a daughter of pride um, because if you're prideful, you, you don't always think about where your gifts come from. Right. And that admiration is what we need to counteract that. The, the virtue of admiring that in other people. Like, how do we recognize the gifts of other people? Have you ever been in a room with someone and, or you meet them for the first time and they just make you feel like a million bucks. Have you ever had that yeah. where you just meet someone and you go, wow, 
Like, yeah. and I don't know what it is about some people that just have this ability. You know, they, oh my gosh, that shirt looks great on you. Or I just love what you're doing with your hair today. Or I don't know. They make it look so effortless. Uh, but in doing it? those little things, they make, they make you realize that they're not focused on their own, their own gifts. They right. kind of, they kind of highlight your gifts and it's, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's just a beautiful thing yeah. when that happens. I forget what that word is that um, somebody has a, like a, a quality that they, they come off very caring and um, very like, like they're, they're focused on others instead of themselves when, yeah. in, in a conversational aspect like that. Um, I forget the word. I wish I knew. Yeah. So, I like the way in the video that Bishop Barron talks about how to counteract or how to encourage admiration. Um, and he was giving this, this, um, this talk that he gave was during a, um, a Lenten retreat at the parish that he was at. And he said, he said, everybody in this room is envious of somebody. And he said, even, even me, I'm, I'm envious too. He said, um, one of the things to um, help with admiration is to go up to that person that you're envious of and compliment them on something. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing he says to do is just stop comparing yourself to other people. Oh just, my gosh. That's a big one. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And in our world today, that's just so commonplace. Right. It's almost, I mean, I compare myself to people when I see their fantastic family vacations on Facebook or the, nice photos with everybody smiling. And I think, yep. geez, I can't even get my kids in a picture. <laughs> it's very hard not to compare yourself. But right. Yep. Absolutely. Those are good examples of admiration. Is there somebody that um, in your life that you have admired? What, usually uh, when we talk to kids, what we call it, um, we say, is there, who's your hero? I don't know yeah. if that's the right word to use. Maybe, maybe bring it back towards admiration. Um, is a better way to look at it, but is there somebody, somebody in your life that you admire? So I will say while you're thinking, um, there have been, um, several, several people that I have admired, um, just kind of the way you see them come into, um, the church and it, and it, I'm, I'm, I'm in admiration of them while at, at some point also being kind of jealous of them. So like any, just about any new young priest and um, don't want to, don't want to leave anybody out, but I'll throw out a couple examples. Um, Father Basil was probably one of the first ones I ran into and he was right about my age. So there's where I was, you know, kind of a little, little jealous, a little envious, like, you know, this guy, the same, I've never, he was the first priest I met that was actually um, younger than me. <laughs> um, and now you meant a lot <laughs> now now yeah now it's not so bad but um and but he was only younger by like a month but it was he was still younger than me but um but you know just the zeal that they come in with father basil father reservoir um father jerebek you know it's it's just i admire seeing them come in and knowing you know you know back when i you know first met father basil as kind of um you know, aloof and, and, and all. And, but now knowing what these guys are coming into, um, as far as, you know, the hatred that the world has for them. And yet they just have a love for Christ 
and they're willing to stand up every Sunday or every day at mass and just, and just preach, you know, their love of Christ and, and the truth of Christ. Um, yeah. I, I, I admire that. I absolutely admire that. I have a, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about a student that I used to have and I would see her at Sunday mass and she would go up to communion and she would receive communion and walking back. Here's me looking at people walking back from communion. And she has this just beatific smile on her face, having just received Jesus. And I always used to tell her, Claire, gosh, I just love watching you come back from communion because you just have this beautiful smile on your face. And her response to me was, I do. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Um, But yeah, my other really admirable thing that I love, and I've met a lot of people like this, but people who in in circumstances where things don't go exactly as you had planned, they remain calm. I have such a great admiration for that. I think because I tend to get a little frazzled and um, I lose my mind just a little bit. And when I watch other people who are just like, it's okay. It's okay that 350 extra people just walked in and we only have enough for a hundred. We'll make it work. It'll all be fine. Yeah. <laughs> You've probably met people like that. I mean, we probably know people like that together. Right. Um, I, I have such an admiration for that. So, yeah. 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 So like that the, wasn't very specific, but it is definitely a character trait. The, the people that have prayed for patience and actually gained it as a, as a virtue. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, in summary today, we kind of talked about the sin of envy and uh, how it is a little bit different than jealousy. Um, like you can be jealous of someone, but not actually have resentment over their happiness or success. But envy is definitely um, pleasure in the sorrow of another and resentment over their happiness. Uh, and if you struggle with envy, we talked about the corresponding virtue of admiration and being rooted in the fact that all of our accomplishments and all of our gifts, everything that we have comes from God. And when we see that in other people, that helps us to admire what they have and not be envious. So in... uh... Catholic social media. Um, <laughs> so I brought up this this tweet showed up in my email. It's from Bishop Strickland. I don't know. I don't know if you know who Bishop Strickland is. Um, he's the bishop of oh, Tyler, Tyler, Texas. Tyler, Texas. Yeah. yeah. Um, his Twitter handle is actually Bishop of Tyler at Bishop of Tyler. Um, and this this tweet. It, I get uh, like a summary email of, of tweets from different people. And, and this one showed up in my email and it was just kind of a head scratcher and I'll, I'll read it here, but I, I'll explain why, I, why I've got this one here. Um, it says important and open quote, the West needs to remember that our bishops do not derive their authority from the Pope. They are not the Vatican's regional managers. They are successors to the apostles in their own right. They have their own teaching authority. They are the shepherds of their sheep, end quote. And yeah, I, I, um, I read that and I'm like, okay, so 
uh, Bishop Strickland is, um, you know, I, I would say a rather conservative, but I would I would say more that he's he's typically true to the Catholic teaching of the you know to teaching of the Catholic Church. Um, insofar as like he has written a letter to his diocese about, um, I believe it was about why certain politicians uh, shouldn't receive communion that um, agree with abortion or promote abortion. And he gave a good reason why. And, and it was a good, a really good letter that he wrote, really good explanation. Um, and um, so, so when this came up, it was, I was like, okay, this has got to be out of context. So maybe he goes on to explain further why he wrote that. But I went and I looked and I couldn't find anything. And this just one tweet is just kind of hanging out there. And it's, it's a real head scratcher. And, you know, there's a lot of people um, that responded to him. You know, if you look at the catechism that, that what you said is not even close to being church teaching, um, you know, all, uh, authority, authority to the Pope, um, you know, derived from Rome. I, yeah, I, I don't want to go into all that, but I just, I, I put that out there because, you know, I just, once again, um, you know, I don't, it, it's, it's easy to put people, um, on a pedestal and it's easy to uh, like always go to that person and say that, Hey, the, you know, what, what there's what what they've done and what they've said, you know, it, and then when something like this comes out and um, you just be kind of distraught and kind of taken aback, but it's it's so it's easy to forget that one we're all humans, we all make mistakes. Um, I, I don't know why Bishop Strickland wrote this. Um, I'm I, I hope that he provides a clarification on it. Um, on, on, on. I, I do find it interesting, and and I am in agreement. I, he is an, a successor to the apostles, right? I'm not really sure how that other part fits in there, right? Right. They derive their authority from Jesus, but where does right. the Pope fit in? I, I, yeah, I don't really know. So yeah. that's harder to. Um, and yeah, and and so I just it was my my thought behind this was more of a whether it's a bishop, whether it's a celebrity, whether it's a, um, you know, a theologian um, or somebody, you know, um, a quasi-theologian that has a podcast and has a, a, a large following, they're, they're human. They're going to make mistakes on things that they say um, from time to time. And, and while, while it's not okay sometimes, it's... Um, it is okay to question these people. Yeah. And it is okay to, to scratch your head. Um, and, and, you know, it reminds us not to put them on a pedestal, I guess is what I'm getting at. Um, yeah. and that, that we really, instead of them, you know, Jesus needs to be that one that we're, we're focusing towards. And, you know, when, when I was talking to my students this morning, one of the things that we kind of landed on at the end was it's really important in this world not to take yourself too seriously. Right. And, and sometimes we can get caught up in the, the details and we forget that really the most important thing in our lives is our relationship with Jesus. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so anyway, that's a, that's an interesting tweet that you bring up to help us remember that, that sometimes, uh, 
not everything is exactly the way we think it should be. Exactly. Yep. Important to remember. You got a song for us, Betsy? I always got a song for us, of course. Uh, This song is, uh, it is, the name of it is Be a Light. And it is by several artists, Thomas Rhett being one of them, Reba McIntyre, Hilary Scott, and Chris Tomlin. Um, fantastic song. And I thought it was good for this episode today because we're talking about deadly sins. So the lyrics um, go like this. In a time full of doubt, just believe. There ain't much difference between you and me. In a time full of war, be peace. In a world full of hate, be a light. When you do somebody wrong, make it right. Don't hide in the dark. You were born to shine. In a world full of hate, be a light. There ain't that much difference between you and me. In a time full of war, be peace. In a world full of hate, be a light. When you do somebody wrong, make it right. Don't hide in the dark. You were born to shine in a world full of hate. And I really like that that thought. It's a catchy tune as well. Uh, but in a world where we often only hear the negatives and there's a lot of anger and discontentment, uh, we are called to show everyone why we have such hope and in our faith and our love of God. So I really like that song, Be a Light by Thomas Rhett. Take a listen. Okay. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for the gift of this day, for the gift of our faith. We thank you for our ability to be examples to each other of virtue Help us, Lord, in those times when we fall prey to the deadly sins. Today we pray especially for the sin of envy in our lives. Help us to know that all of our gifts come from you and help us to admire all those qualities that we see in other people. Help us to to glory in the successes of others And help us to grow in our relationship with you. Help us to be prayerful, Lord. Help us to have a good relationship with you so that when these difficult issues arise in our lives, we know who to go to for the answers. And it is always you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for our ability to be here talking with each other today. Help us to grow in faith as a result of our time together. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, that'll wrap it up for today. Thanks for listening to this episode of Catholic Family Matters. Remember to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast listener. iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Join us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at CathFamMatters, which is at C-A-T-H-F-A-M-M-A-T-T-E-R-S. Check out our website at www.catholicfamilymatters.com. And you can always send us an email at feedback at catholicfamilymatters.com. We are your hosts, Paul Kosinski. And Betsy Lashley. 
or just another sexy bald guy and a girl without a filter. Till Til next, next time. time. See you, Paul. See ya.